0: Free and spend less time getting your messages across and more time selling. Welcome to the Sales Hustle, the only no BS podcast where we bring you the real, raw, uncut experiences from sales changemakers across various industries, the only place where you can get what you're looking for to up your sales game. Today's episode is brought to you by SalesCast. SalesCast helps sales professionals transform the relationship building process and win their dream clients. I'm your host, Colin Mitchell. Zach, how you doing?
1: What's going on, Colin? Thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, man. Thanks for being willing to hop on live. I think it's always fun when people are up for going live. It's a little bit of a different experience, but it's always fun. Um, yeah. Kind of funny story, right? We tried to I do a podcast the other day and technology wasn't working out. And so here we are, take two.
1: Don't you hate that?
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, all right, man. I like to start these out kind of similar before we get into the the good stuff. Just give people the short version of your uh, sales story.
1: Yeah. You know, I... Uh... I wanted to be a sports center anchor, like many folks that came up, you know, through the the '90s and early 2000s. Uh, that didn't pan out, so I quickly got into sales in college. Um, started in retail, which was awesome and I think a really unique experience. Any folks that are looking to get into sales out of college, like get into retail. I used to work at a shoe store, so we were upselling, you know, insoles and socks instead of services and add-ons. But same thing, right? Like mm. you just understanding where people's needs are and trying to fulfill them with a pair of uh, you know high end socks. So. Uh, but no, quickly transition into software um, consulting services, which was tough. Again, if you're looking to break into sales, a uh, hundred calls to CIOs is a great way to get your reps in and get hung up on and get some battle wounds and, and calluses mm.
0: built. Uh,
1: they love hanging up on salespeople. They love stumping salespeople. That's those are the best, and it teaches you to think on your feet. Yeah, um, you know.
0: You got to learn your product when you're calling into CIOs and CTOs. You better, you I mean, they'll, they'll quiz you quick. And if you don't know your shit, man,
1: click. Uh, it's, it's bringing up anxiety right now, but no, having <laughs> multiple, multiple screens with multiple tabs and, and typing in acronyms really fast and hoping you get yeah. the right one is how you learn.
0: You got to be um, a master, master Googler.
1: <laughs> oh yeah. No, you learn a lot there fast. Um, and then I got into SaaS sales. I actually moved to Boston. I was in Raleigh for most of that time, North Carolina. I moved to Boston. It was like, I'm going to get into a SaaS startup and get rich. I got into a SaaS startup, but uh, the other part didn't quite happen. But that's all right. I got a ton of experience, and uh, you know, went through an exit with WordStream and started as a sales rep and worked my way, you know, into sales management, uh, director of sales, and then became a general manager where I was actually managing. Uh, a piece of the business there that sold exclusively to agencies. Um, I did that for a couple of years and had a really awesome team working for me. Uh, a lot of sales, you know, SDR, um, full inside inside sales team, account management team, as well as you know, small marketing resource team, uh, services team, and a product team that was dedicated to that. So it was a lot of fun. And then uh, about six months ago, I moved on to Unstack to run sales and marketing for them. We're a super early stage startup, uh, small team. Um, I'm the first kind of executive hire outside of uh, you know engineering and and the two co-founders. so uh, it's been a lot of fun, but certainly a huge
0: transition. Mm, all right, awesome. let's I want to dig into a couple things. so um, Tell me, tell me what you learned early on um, in 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 shoe sales that that yeah. kind of still sticks with you today. Because I like for me, there's I learned a lot of good things and a lot of bad things on my first sales job. But there's some that were good that still just kind of like set the foundation of things for me that you know still um, are relevant today. So tell me a little yeah. bit about some of those things for you.
1: You know, I, I think the one thing is uh, one build rapport, right? Like be approachable, mm. have a good conversation don't let those rapport building moments fall by the wayside so always be listening for things mm. that you're hearing that are you know a little bit maybe outside of the current sale but you know they might highlight a need that you can fill with an add-on so you know a really a really good example is you know people like oh i just i ran in the rain uh, a few days ago it's like okay you know that's that's awesome like well, it was a crazy storm right and then and then you were able to sell them a different pair of socks because you can start yeah. to dig into did you get any blisters like you can you can start to find these things that you're like, whoa, like that was just a conversation mm. that happened. But I picked up on this little thing, turned it into a pain and then, you know, fulfilled that, that need and pain with, with a, with a product. And I, I've always coaching reps on like, listen for things that they're doing in their personal life. Like if they're about to buy a really expensive car, talk about how expensive that car is. Because then when you say our products, $2,000 a month, that's nothing when they're buying a $50,000 car. Like there's just, mm. it's putting people's brains in, like into a certain perspective and then, you know, using that to yeah. to have some fun with
0: them. That, that, that is a great way for building rapport. But what I love about that, it's not just building rapport because a lot of people say, oh, you know, they start talking about your sports team because you're in a certain area. And that's like, kind of like fake rapport, right? Or like, because yeah. they don't really give a crap about your team in most cases. Um, they probably have their own team, right? Or, um, or you know... So, so what I like about what you just described, sales hustlers, is is tying in that rapport to what you do, right? So, looking, listen, a couple of things you said, are like listening. Like the best sellers listen really well and look for those windows or those opportunities to like connect, to build rapport, to build trust, or to tie it into what problem you solve, or maybe helping them identify that there's a problem that they didn't even know existed. Yeah. You
1: know what's funny is is uh and have fun with it. Like like I used to use the car one. I, I'll never forget the call that it happened on, but I listened back to it and I was like, "Oh, that was interesting." Like I was just messing with with the the buyer on the other end of the phone, but yeah. you know they were like, "Wow, that's, you know, $2,000 a month. That's that's pretty expensive." And I was like, "Yeah, but it's it's providing an ROI on like that Mercedes you were looking at a couple of days ago, mm. and you're about to probably pay about 800 bucks a month for that." So like at least you're making money with this. Like let's talk about that a little bit more. And I'm just totally, you know, joking, but also yeah puts things into perspective. Like if you're willing to spend $800 on a car that depreciates instantly, you should have no problem spending two grand a month if you're a business owner on something that's going to hopefully you know provide an ROI. And here's my model to prove that.
0: Mm, yeah. Yeah. All right. So I, I love that. Um, now, so you had some interesting experience and in, in kind of went up the ranks over at WordStream. So tell me, like, what did you learn there? Um, and let's kind of dig into some of that stuff.
1: Yeah, you know, I was, um, when I started at WordStream, it was a pretty small team, 30-something employees. Um, they had just started really building out their sales team. I think they may have had 12 sales reps, and man, they hired like five with our hiring class. And then it was kind of like a rolling thunder of five new salespeople walking in every few weeks, which was which was a lot of fun. Um, and, you know, the really cool thing about it is our CEO at the time, Ralph Foles, who's still a, a mentor of mine, uh, you know sat right next to me in in some cases we moved around a lot but uh, and I was always bouncing ideas off of him and he had such a unique take on things but he really let you know me kind of get under the covers of the business and I think it helped me quite a bit as a salesperson and also showed me really fast that like I didn't always want to be in sales like I wanted to get into you know, one day, hopefully a CRO or CEO role or co-founder or and, and come up with something, but I really needed to learn the intricacies of a business to become a better salesperson. So he spent a mm. ton of time beating me up on churn and, you know, how do you, you know, how do sales reps become profitable? And, you know, I even took it upon myself to rewrite our comp plan to try to impact churn and like motivate reps in different ways, but still get the desired end result for the company. Uh, he actually took a lot of my ideas, you know, Squeeze the sales reps a little bit more, whichever a good executive would do. Mine was probably a little bit too sales rep friendly. But that like that instant exposure to like the business and the behind-the-scenes thought process of a CEO like really got me involved and in, like wanting to learn more cross-functionally around the business.
0: Mm, yeah. So there's a ton of value of getting into a company early on, yeah. right? Because there's so much opportunity for, say, a young seller. Um, to learn so many other things outside of sales, you know, like operations and business acumen and just kind of see more, you know, big picture, full picture of things.
1: Yeah, it was, you know, it was eye opening. And they, you know, luckily, we did a really good job. I mean, all the way up until, you know, we were four or 500 employees of always having cross-functional meetings, you know, getting sales reps involved in product meetings, um, you know, creating opportunities for sales reps to get exposures to other other pieces of the business. Because, uh, it allows them to demo so much more efficiently right like there's there's a level of transparency there providing the prospect that feels really real you know like when I knew what our churn rate was every month I would say that I would say like hey look you know our churn's you know just just above four like you're gonna you're gonna be here for a long time in all likelihood and this isn't a one or two month thing this is a 19 to 25 month thing and here's why and here's what we're gonna do for you so uh, it's really empowering to sales reps to have that in in kind of their back pocket and exposing them to the business economics.
0: Yeah, yeah, and and that level of transparency is huge. Yeah. yeah. So so tell me a little bit about like your, you know, kind of career development and, and path and and how you kind of moved up there and and you know, walk me through kind of that timeline and and what you learned along the way and like what contributed to that.
1: Yeah, uh I'm very impatient which is a blessing and a curse and and a lot of ralph and others my manager at the time tim and the vp of sales were always kind of pushing back like slow down just you know keep being a great sales rep your time will come kind of thing um and you know for for probably about a year and a half i was a sales rep i became a team lead i hired a couple reps that you know worked for me for a very long time built a team around them as a as a player coach you know with as independent individual contributor i i was a player coach until five reps uh, so I had five sales reps reporting to me, was still selling and carrying a quota and then went manager full-time, um, built out that team to eight, uh, maybe up to 11 at one point, And then a couple team leads under me. So always trying to grow kind of the coaching tree as I like to call it. Mm. Uh, and, and what I found was, uh, my manager who I'm still close with Tim, the director was a little bit of like a glass ceiling. It was just becoming difficult for me. Like I was never going to like pass him. Right. So I'd, It was only just me adding people and kind of building my coaching tree so uh the opportunity came up to take on management of uh the agency sales team which was six or seven reps at this time and uh, i took them on as a play to kind of get out from under my manager uh, or the director at the time and become a director uh got promoted to senior manager they still wouldn't give me the director title uh which was brutal but i fought for a little bit um and at that point, I was managing close to 18 salespeople uh, across two teams with a few team leads underneath me. And uh, the agency business was growing and we kind of got the sales engine humming and, and I started to get my sales reps, you know, kind of the key players on that team really involved in in the agency business and tried to take control of how we were marketing, how we were positioning the product. It was kind of a different business unit and sale. And uh, they approached me after a little bit to kind of become a general manager of that organization within WordStream. So, you know, take more experience and responsibility for marketing and leads and take more, uh, you know, responsibility for churn and revenue growth and services and offerings. And also, you know, product, which was eye opening and gave me all of that exposure I'd always wanted as a salesperson and allowed me to give the reps that were working for me and the people that ended up reporting to me, a lot of exposure to different parts of the business, um, which was which was really fun and allowed me to keep my core group of Salespeople uh, around me for a long period of time while I was there.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, a couple of things that kind of are, are standing out to me, right? So, it sounds like the um, y- you were able to kind of have sales and marketing work together as one unit fairly well. And so, tell me a little bit about you know how how you were doing that and. You know, d- how much do you think that contributed to the success and, and why is that important? Because so many, there's so many orgs today where they d- definitely don't work as one unit and are typically pointing fingers back and forth at each other, right? Yeah. Like, hey, marketing's not bringing us good leads. Hey, sales isn't closing the leads that we're bringing in. And like, you know, it's just kind of not healthy, right? So, yeah. so, so why is it so important for marketing and sales to align and, and work together as one unit? And what are some things that kind of worked for you over there?
1: yeah, so I think obviously top down approach, right? Like it starts with leadership. So if you're a VP of sales or a VP of marketing, like try to get along with your counterpart as much as you possibly can. like it it everyone sees it, you know, and I think we we had really solid leadership at, at wordstream towards the end. Um, and and they they worked well together, but uh, that's only the tip of the iceberg, right? Like they're not on the ground, you know talking on the phone. they're not writing the emails. they're not creating the ads. So when I took over the agency business and uh, and and started working, you know, as the leader of the agency sales team, I started spending a lot of time listening to my sales calls, as any sales leader would do. But I also started really auditing our marketing emails and how they aligned to the message that we were using to close our best deals. And, and what I found was there was a huge disconnect. Right, like there was no one we were we were targeting agencies appropriately. We were kind of writing an email for all prospects and letting it fly and. Mm. What I ended up doing was kind of finding a partner in marketing and, and, and uh, you know, she was working in email marketing and we would sit down and we would talk about messaging and we kind of audit and we started breaking out the emails and like targeting the lists directly and really aligning the sales message with the marketing message and starting to take kind of those key features that maybe didn't have broad appeal, but they had really targeted appeal to our prospects and using those as, uh, you know, subject lines or feature call outs or creating, you know, specific white papers and assets for it. And once that started working is when they were like, okay, well, maybe we should kind of create a new role. And that's when I became the GM. And and what I was able to do there was actually have sales reps that became kind of business partners. So I had a sales rep that was kind of my marketing liaison and they met with marketing, you know, every week Mm. or every other week about their plan. And, you know, The the rep that did this, he loved the marketing piece and he wanted exposure to that stuff. And he's got a really bright future as a general manager or a CEO one day because he's really started to spend a lot of time understanding different aspects of the business. Later down the line, I ended up doing the same thing for services. So there was kind of a services and sales liaison on each side where they would meet weekly and talk about the challenges and churn and um, report back to me and meet with the team to talk about it. And, And we actually ended up spreading that out across the entire sales floor. Um, where we would have kind of folks that were responsible for constantly uh, communicating with marketing and understanding what we were promoting and how sales could support that and vice versa. And,
0: and and I mean, it's so important for salespeople these days to to have marketing skills or to understand the marketing piece because I mean that line is 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 not so. Um, Separate than what it used to be, sales versus yep. marketing. Like, you know, the best marketers understand the, the sales side of like, okay, if we get the leads in, like, what does it take to close them? What are right. they hearing on the other side? And the best salespeople understand, you know, the marketing piece of like catching people's attention, pattern interrupt, and standing out, you know, to their prospects. Um, and so I, you know, and, and I think it's a lot easier for this to work in like a smaller org. Right. And then it becomes harder as the organization gets bigger. What's, what's your take on that?
1: Yeah, that's true. I think, uh, you know, I think that's why we were able to, I think at the time we had 70 ish sales reps, including kind of our SDR team. Um, and the marketing org was, I don't know, 15, 16 people in total, maybe a little bit more if you bring in design, but like actual, like, you know, performance marketers, uh, and, and it's just constant communication. And I think it's not, it's not constant communication between directors, And VPs, it's constant communication between the people writing the emails or making the calls on both ends or writing the ads. Like when you get a really solid, you know, PPC marketer and a sales rep talking or sales teams talking, they get their headlines, they get their calls to action, right? When you get an email marketer and a sales team talking, Mm. They're taking their, their their subject lines. They're taking their you know features that they're gonna they're gonna highlight and the solutions and the problems we're solving because they're not hearing from the prospects. I think the other thing that's you know really, really impactful is not using sales tools uh, that are recording calls and, and recording demos in sales. Like those need to be constantly shared with marketing, and marketing needs to be proactively digging into those scripts and understanding what's resonating and what features are being highlighted and why. Because that's going to totally transform how they market to their personas.
0: So are you saying that mark, the marketing team should be listening to the call recordings?
1: Absolutely. Yeah. How,
0: why do I feel like most marketing teams are not doing that? <laughs> I, I mean,
1: it's it is work. I mean, most sales leaders aren't doing it you know, like it's not, it's time consuming, you know, there are entire companies now dedicated to sales coaching and listening to some of those call recordings. Um, yeah. I mean, there's definitely
0: technology that makes it easier. Um, but even if like, say you're not, you know, funded or you're on, you know, you're bootstrapping, like you can still do it, It, you know, like even, you know, early on, it's just like, you know, Hey, if your sales reps want to keep get better, you should require them to give you three to five call recordings a day that you can review together, ones where things went well and ones where things didn't go well and review those and, you know, role play with those and learn from those and, yep. you know, tweak and optimize the sequences or the pitch or the script or the, everything based on what you collect from that. Yeah. like you You can't just keep going blind, <laughs> hoping totally. things are going to get better. Totally.
1: They don't. They don't get that. No, I think when, when you're a marketer, I think there's like a couple of use cases, right? So if you're about to craft an email for a specific feature and you have a call recording software that transcribes it, go and search that feature. Listen to those two minute snippets you know, about that feature from five or six of the top sales reps. And what you'll find is their naming convention is typically different than the product marketers naming convention. The way mm-hmm. the client asks about it, is typically different than the way you have built it or marketed it. So, you know, those things are really important and you're going to resonate so much more with your audience if you are spending the time to hear what they call that feature. Um, and I think that's so important for marketers to spend time working on and product marketers especially to spend time really digging into is, I can name it one thing, but what the prospects say when they're asking for it is, is totally different. If they don't align, then we're, we're missing the mark.
0: Yeah. And even, even, and if, if your leadership, if you're a seller an individual contributor and your leader's not doing this, like do it, take ownership, do it yourself, get the recordings, review them, um, listen to them, you know, you know the calls where you maybe could have done something differently or, you know, didn't go well, L- listen to the ones that go well to say, okay, Hey, this is working. Maybe I should be doing this more. Listen to the ones that didn't go well. I like listening to the ones where it didn't go well. Cause there's lots of opportunity for learning there. Um, so even if your leadership's not doing this or your, your marketing team's not doing this, take ownership and do it on your own. Yeah. You know, and there's tons of peer groups and things like that. You'd be like, Hey, can you listen to some of my recordings and see how you think I could have done better? Like just, you know, and I, get feedback from somebody who's going to be real with you.
1: Yeah. And I think it's, a uh, empowering sales reps to take the time to do that is, is a sales leader's job. And like, that's one thing that I always I got better at throughout my career in management. And I I, I got better because as a sales rep, I was always asking to try to take on more. And when I was given that opportunity, it made me a better sales rep. So I always tried to expose my reps to that. And, you know, if you're a sales manager or director, like talk to your reps about where they wanna get exposure. And if they want exposure to what marketing's doing, task them with exactly that. Like, hey, we've got a feature that we're gonna be going rolling out with. Can you see an audit, you know, X number of calls to understand how prospects are talking about it and share them with, you know, the director of product marketing. They're going to love that experience. It's going to get them to listen to calls with a totally different lens on it, but still they're listening to calls, which is beneficial. They're going to figure out their messaging and hone their craft. And they're going to share really valuable feedback with the marketing team that is saving them a little bit of time. So there's a lot of wins to be had by just kind of getting that as a part of your coaching system.
0: Yeah. 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 Um, Man, it's been a lot of fun having you on here. Uh, really appreciate it. Love going live. Glad that technology decided to cooperate today. Um, let folks know like, where can they find more about you, learn about your podcast, anything that you want to know. And for the podcast listeners, we'll drop all those links in the show notes.
1: Yeah. Uh, first and foremost, uh, unstack.com, we're building the, the premier no-code you know, CMS for marketers. It's got all the tooling you need as a marketer to build a business uh, you know, you can connect with me on LinkedIn, please. I'm always happy to chat about career progression, uh, opportunities to advance your career, you know, opportunities to get exposure to some of these uh, other pieces of the business, Zach Rigo, Z-A-C-H-R-E-G-O. And uh, yeah, if you're interested in startups and how they get off the ground and how they're scaling, uh, the Zero to a Million podcast is on, you know, Spotify, Apple and everywhere else. Uh, listen in, we've got some really cool founders, marketers. We've got some really smart people like Colin Mitchell joining us. Uh, to talk about how to how to scale a business and how to run a podcast and all sorts of cool stuff. So please check it out.
0: Yeah, we will drop that in the show notes for the podcast listeners and in the comments uh, for the people joining us live today. Zach, thanks so much for coming on the show. If you are listening to the podcast and enjoy today's episode, write us a review, share with your friends. We're listening for your feedback. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Sales Hustle. Are you a sales professional looking to take your sales career to the next level? If the answer is yes, then I want you to go over to salescast.co. Check us out. And if you feel that you are ready, set up a time to talk with me and my co-founder, Chris. I'm your host, Colin Mitchell. And if you enjoyed this episode, feel free to leave us a review and share the podcast with your friends.